a few years ago, I was talking with this buddy of mine and I was going off about how someone had just recently done me wrong. I can't recall what had me so heated or who I was even angry with, but I do remember the story my friend shared with me about a guy named Ray. So this guy, Ray, he lived in a little cabin on the banks of the Missouri River and his most prized possession was this old wooden boat that his dad had built when Ray was just 10 years old. Ray's dad, he spent every evening of that entire winter out in the shed in their backyard building the boat. To this day, some of Ray's fondest memories are of those winter nights out in that shed, just the two of them. He thought about those special nights throughout his life, but those memories hit different. They became even more meaningful after the death of his father. The day after his dad died, Ray found out that his will included a section about how he wanted Ray to have the boat and that he hoped his son would restore that boat to its former glory so it could once again be enjoyed by his son. And that's exactly what Ray did. He was meticulous with this restoration project, this labor of love, this uh, uh, passion project. It took Ray the entire winter to complete. But when he finished, he had that old boat looking exactly as it did the day he and his old man took it out for its maiden voyage. So it was now ready to hit the water once again. And on a foggy early spring Dakota morning, Ray took that beautiful boat out for a trip up the Missouri. He was overcome with emotion as he began to paddle through the river's calm waters. The thick fog that morning, it made the whole experience feel like a dream. He sat there while reminiscing about the times that he spent with his father. And this was like a, a transcendent moment in which he felt a deep sense of gratitude and connection with his dad. He was taking it all in. He paused to appreciate the beauty, the tranquility of the Missouri on that foggy morning. That is, until he heard a a loud thud broke the silence, and he realized that he hit something. So he peered through that thick fog, and what he saw was the very front end of another boat. He then noticed that the impact had damaged the front end of his boat. You know, the one he had spent months working on to get ready for this very day. At that moment, Ray was filled with anger. He thought, who in the hell just hit me? So he yells out, are you serious? There's absolutely no reason for anyone to be heading this direction at this hour. What are you doing? Silence. There was no response from the other boater. And this silence, it just pissed Ray off even more. So he starts dropping F-bombs and he yells out, Hey man, look at what you did to my boat. You're gonna pay. You're gonna pay for this, pal. Big time. Who are you? What's your name? Identify yourself. Silence. Still no response. So Ray decides it's time to take action. So he starts frantically paddling so he can pull up alongside the other boat to get a good look at. And then probably a, a good grip on the imbecile, the reckless coward responsible for ruining this picture perfect, this once-in-a-lifetime experience. And as he's paddling forward, he looks through the fog and he sees that the other boat is totally empty. Ray sits there, takes it all in, and he sees that the other boat, it's old, busted up. And he realizes that the boat must have been abandoned, got untethered, and just drifted in his direction. And in that moment, Ray realized something. He had a, uh, an epiphany, which was the anger was within him. The anger resides inside. And all it took was an external event to bring it to the surface. This story my friend shared, it provided me 
with a new and helpful way to view the experience of anger. When I get angry about something, whether that something be a uh, circumstance, a situation, or even when that something is a someone, I try to remember and remind myself, hey, maybe I'm just dealing with an empty boat here. And you may have heard a similar story before, because I learned years later that the original form of this story has been around for thousands of years. I thought for sure my buddy made it up. Turns out he did not. But I'm actually glad he didn't tell me that, because I'm guessing I would have been highly annoyed if my angry rant was met with a, well, Nick, allow me to share the Zen parable of the empty boat on a foggy river. But back to the story. I imagine this guy, Ray, would have gone on to recognize how different his reaction would have been if he had known that the other boat was empty. Sure, he would have likely been bummed out, maybe deeply saddened by the damage done to this beautiful boat. But I think he would admit that if he knew the other boat was empty, he would not have become so enraged, so incensed and obsessed with finding someone to blame. And with that, he would not have been so focused on punishment because punishment requires a person. Anger is easy. And what I mean by that is anger is often preferred over other emotions. And that's because it has a direction. And that direction usually goes out, outward, away from the self and towards another. Anger is often referred to as a secondary emotion. And that's because it's usually not the initial or primary emotion that one feels. Anger likes to jump in there real quick to act as sort of a a bodyguard to keep us from feeling the primary emotion. Emotions that can often be more difficult to acknowledge and uncomfortable to sit with. Emotions like sadness, embarrassment, hurt, guilt, grief, regret. Many people find these emotions much more difficult to feel. But we need to put our pride aside so we can sit with, get to know, meet, and greet, and allow these primary emotions to flow. Because as the saying goes, what we resist persists. These primary emotions can make us feel vulnerable. They don't allow for the same simplicity, outward focus, and removal of responsibility that anger does. But the thing is, it's not so much that another person makes us feel angry, but instead they produce the external event that we can use as an explanation for our anger. And then we can use that anger as a justification for our aggression. When we're feeling something we really don't want to feel, we like to make things personal. And in order to make things personal, we need a person, someone to point at and say, them, that person, or that group of people, they're the ones responsible for what I'm feeling. Us human beings, we really like to have a foe to justify our frustration. And we so often incorrectly interpret the actions of others. We can be so sure that another person's behavior is proof of their malicious intent, their disrespect or disregard for the person known as me. I don't know who said it, but I remember this great quote that goes, if you're willing to look at another person's behavior towards you as a reflection of the state of their relationship with themselves, rather than a statement about your value as a person, then you will, over a period of time, cease to react at all. And that quote, it points out another helpful lesson, which is the reminder that we too are often the empty boat. It goes both ways. 
And there's a song by Mary Chapin Carpenter that my parents used to play in the car when I was young that sums up this sentiment. So the next time someone does something that irritates you, annoys you, or angers you, when you feel and hear that, pause for a second and consider the possibility that the thud, well, it might just been a benign little bump from a boat, a boat that might be empty. <laughs> 